0: Log Talk Radio. everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Forest Kings Fire American Soccer Show as we review the 2022 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup Championship Final as Orlando City defeats Sacramento Republic by a final of three goals to nil. Uh, quickly, before we even get into this show, um, I would like to, for those of you that listen to the show, uh, if you are from England, uh, from the United Kingdom, or if you're expats living in the United States who are from the United Kingdom, of course, uh, I send my condolences to everyone in England for the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Obviously, a uh, you know what she has done for that country and what she has been a symbol for many people around the world for freedom and everything else involving. Uh, her life and dedication to uh, the Royal crown and everything. I just want to send out my condolences to uh, now King Charles and his, and the entire monarchy, uh, heartfelt uh, condolences and very sorry for the loss that the monarchy has felt in England, as well as to all the English people as well and everyone within Great Britain. So I just want to uh, send out my my condolences and well wishes to the monarchy over in England. So I just want to put that out of the way. And once again, um, uh, obviously, uh, I've only seen her through videos and pictures and, and what she has done, of course. We'll never forget the beautiful skit that she did with Daniel Craig, who uh, portrayed James Bond, and then, of course, uh, flying to the... Uh, opening ceremonies of the Summer Olympic Games that were held in England over in London. And, uh, of course, she was in the Royal Box uh, once uh, uh, she jumped out of the helicopter. Of course, it wasn't really her, obviously. She wouldn't do that with the parachute, but still, though, it was very cool, and I thought it was a very uh, great thing that she did to at least give uh, uh, a funny moment and a, uh, a heartfelt moment to see the funny side of her even though she is a very serious woman at the time. So once again, uh my condolences to the monarchy in England and to all the English and all of Great Britain, the loss of Queen Elizabeth the Uh just a very sad moment, not just in uh in England lives, but I think for the the rest of the world that we've lost a wonderful woman uh like her uh moving on forward. Um, But I do want to move on now, of course, as we saw, uh, a fantastic final where, at the moment, this is the final broadcast of the U.S. Open Cup tournaments being shown by ESPN through their ESPN Plus service. And when you watch what we have seen. And it's not just the brilliance of the broadcast by both John Champion and Taylor Twelman. We all know those two have done amazing jobs to broadcast the championship final on the streaming service by ESPN. But the full long hour pregame that involved our good friends our my colleagues you know uh, Tyler Terrans and Devin Kerr what more can you say about those two who have spent many many matches broadcasting USL matches through the championship leagues uh, League One CONCACAF tournaments, everything that they have done involving the U S open cup through ESPN. What a way to go to say goodbye to ESPN, uh, on their final broadcast of the championship final. Now that'll be moved over to the new broadcasting contract a lot towards Turner sports through discovery channel and the people that run discovery uh, and as far as we know, HBO, HBO uh, Max app will be up for grabs now with Open Cup matches that we can watch streaming-wise and hopefully other means of broadcasting, streaming as well. And you hope that they will be doing a Wonderful job, just as ESPN has. And ESPN, you know, regardless of what you may think of them at times, you know, they have done the best job that I know they can do, whether it be European football, MLS, USL leagues, the Open Cup, the UEFA championship, UEFA Cups the World Cup itself, ESPN has done the job, in my opinion. They are the ones that have come up big time when it comes to the broadcasting and the production work involved in this game domestically and abroad. So for those of you, like myself, that has the service, that does pay for the ESPN Plus service, this is going to be a big, big task for Turner Sports right now to move into broadcasting, streaming, US Open Cup matches. And, and I am you know, we all hope as I've had Carter Krishnar on from World Soccer Talk to discuss this, that Turner is run by different people now. The Kerfuffle, if I'm going to be gently putting it that way, the kerfuffle the first time around with the UEFA Champions League broadcasts were a complete and utter disgrace that you cringed when you see one group of broadcasters in one studio – during pregame and postgame and then you go to the monitor to, to other people who are in a different studio and are on the screen and how is that possible when don't you think they should all be in the same area? Don't you think they should all be in the same studio to have conversation? And I know Steve Nash is a soccer fan even though his his You know, he plied his trade playing professional basketball in the NBA and is the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets right now, but still, though. Shouldn't you have all of your broadcasters in the studio be in the same studio instead of having him in two separate studios? So with the hope that Turner Sports or under the new direction through Discovery Channel, is aware of what to do and what not to do. This is the hope I would like to think that we are going to have here. Because right now, right about now, to be fair and to be honest, we as American soccer fans and media who want to champion this sport in this country? We feel there must be some form, some form of respect coming to this game when it comes to the broadcasting rights. to show the respect that it deserves because this is a very important situation comes to this tournament the return of this tournament that was successful that was needed that came out with a bang and More times than not, the respect that it deserved finally got it, and the hope that we don't lose any respect at all again for this tournament. It showed how deep of a run Sacramento Republic went to get to the final. And at times an imperfect season for Orlando City in league play, but they found a way to get to the championship final and pulled off the big, big victory to hoist their first Open Cup title as an MLS side. Adding on to their USL championship trophies that they earned before making the jump in the financial promotion to Major League Soccer. This is this wonderful example that I hope we all can understand and the wonderful example we all hope can be discussed when it comes to this tournament. Because this tournament is deserving of our respect and how their respect for this tournament should be every single time you listen to these announcers from england or these pundits from england talking about the magic of the fa cup english football supporters talking about the magic of the fa cup going on magical runs miracle runs This is the same thing for the U.S. Open Cup. That we want to follow. These lower level sides getting to the big dance. To say they deserved to be in the spotlight. And they earned it. They earned it. And I'm just proud to say that being along for the ride was fantastic. Regardless who is playing, regardless for me, to cover the New York Red Bulls in their hope and their one day finally getting their opportunity for the third time to get their hands on that Open Cup championship and hoisting it over their heads to see what will happen. I hope it will happen very soon. But still though, everybody needs to show the respect that this cup should be getting. It feels like we're finally there. Even though maybe, just maybe, there could be still room for disrespect, which is what we don't want. Everyone I hope we'll understand the respect that this cup deserves for a long title run is what we should all be hoping for, and having the opportunity to see it come to fruition before our eyes. We had two worthy opponents. One came out as the champion. And one came out as the runner-up, but I will say this. I thought we had ourselves a fantastic final. The support from for both sides were absolutely brilliant. And this is what we need for 2023. New teams will qualify. New expansion teams will come in and get their opportunity to qualify for the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Time to move on now to our guests tonight, and of course, we go first to Sacramento, California, and following, covering the Sacramento Republic is their reporter in Evan Reem. Evan, good evening. Welcome back to the show. The run came to an end, and unfortunately, it didn't happen at the end, but still, though, we cannot ignore the wonderful run that Sacramento Republic had to get to their first ever Open Cup final.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you look about uh, look at the past teams who have done this, we've sort of been in a different era, right? So, um, you know, there weren't as many teams in MLS, and the payroll discrepancy, I don't think, was nearly as high. And so, um, you know, when the Rhinos won it in 1999, and I apologize to the person I can't remember who said this on Twitter, but you know, they were probably the 13 best. Uh, 13th best team in the uh, United States at that point. Well, there's, what, 28 teams in MLS now, and somehow a USL team made it to the final. I mean, Sacramento has a lot to be proud of. And I don't think that going away to a tough environment in an incredibly humid, uh, uh, you know, stadium and uh, a a great atmosphere is anything that the Republic should be – disappointed in they gave uh, they gave Orlando the best that they could for you know about 65 75 minutes and then it all came apart
0: you along with 800 proud vo- vo- boisterous supporters went from the capital of California all the way to central Florida in that away section that really must have given the boys the biggest boost they've ever had in a road venue.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I guess I'd like to reiterate that I am not a supporter of the team. I just cover them, but um, I did want to be in the stands for the game because it seemed like a momentous occasion and I really do prefer to watch the games with the fans, but um You know, it it was a great atmosphere from both sides, I think. And I think that the away supporters from Sacramento um, really made some noise and and contributed to what was – you know, it was a great soccer environment and it was great to see in this country. Um, You know, I just heard you say that uh, it it was a great, you know, maybe a better but an advertisement for the sport, for the tournament, right, that it was a sold-out game on a Wednesday night and,
2: like you said, 800
1: people from Sacramento went. Um, this is what we what we need in this country as a as a um budding soccer nation right i mean like this is what we want right like we want there to be these storylines we want there to uh be these kinds of atmospheres for games like this and it it was fantastic It was a great night of soccer
0: It really really was, and you know you have to be proud of how Mark Briggs' side was able to go out there and competed. Um, I mean, I thought it was an even opening 45 between both sides. Sacramento Mm. definitely had chances. Um, When you saw Mark Briggs in his technical area, at the same time, of course, watching the match from your vantage point, what did you see that you liked? And what were some things you didn't like that you thought maybe that Briggs could have maybe improved a little bit better and what he could have tweaked in the second half? Um. You know, I, don't,
1: I honestly don't know. I, I mean, I think, he, I think he got it right, right? I mean, to be honest, right, sometimes you get it right and uh, the processes are good, but the results don't end up the way that you want them to. Uh, I mean, Sacramento, in, in this entire tournament, incredibly hard team to break down and super organized and um, clearly willing to go the extra mile to try and get the result that they needed. And I don't necessarily think he made any mistakes? I mean, really, the team didn't get broken down. They they made a mistake playing out of the back, which can happen, right? And that's the way you that the team plays. And when you set yourself up in that way, you accept that mistakes might happen, and they did, and that's fine, right? Like I, I don't really know if there's anything to criticize, given the fact that they beat three straight MLS teams and you know played evenly in a final uh, with a team that you know, had multiple times uh, their payroll. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't necessarily think that he would have done anything different, nor should he have. They just they got caught playing out of the back, and that changed the game.
0: Yeah, it definitely did, especially the opening goal. I mean, I wasn't expecting – I mean, to be honest with you, I'm sitting there. We're about to get to the final 15 minutes of regulation. I'm thinking to myself – There's a possibility we could have extra time here, and I really thought they might have gone extra time, but then, of course, that opening goal happened in the 75th minute by Facundo Torres. I mean, I think he just half volleyed it and just went right into the net, and that must have been uh, the real killer blow uh, from this entire match that really uh, gave Orlando uh, the confidence and the lead, and, of course, uh, I mean, I don't want to be negative here, but obviously, the, the chain of bookings that uh, Sacramento were getting after the 74th minute from Lee Desmond. Yeah,
1: and I mean that's just the way the way things go sometimes. Again, uh, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. The, the team the team did extremely well to get to this point, and things aren't always going to go your way in a final. And I thought they they played well in a halftime. Uh, Everything was going to plan, and they, they honestly could have been left with 1-0. And it just, you know, when you get too late in the game and when the other team is, you know, bringing subs on who are, uh, you know, probably paid more than anybody on your team is, that's, that's where the depth shows. And, you know, uh, this is why, you know, the cup runs like this are so rare, for especially for lower division teams, and that's why the USL has been putting out all this information about – Oh, this was the last time a second division team won a cup competition in this country. Right. And this, you know, this happens again. I, I just think, especially with the support that the public showed, I don't think there's anything wrong with what happened last night. I think they, they tried to give it their all and it just, it wasn't enough and that's fine. I mean, incredible story, incredible run.
0: No, it really was. And, um, I have to also say, I saw this on Twitter uh, today, uh, someone posting a video at the Sacramento airport when the team returned Mm. from Orlando. Uh, All the Sacramento Republic supporters are right there to give uh, a round of applause to that wonderful run that this team had. And of course, let's not forget, um, they came over after the final whistle was blown that everyone went over to the supporters section and the team gave those gave those supporters uh, a round of applause as well uh, I mean what was that run like to see this team doing anything and everything not just at Heart Health Park but on the road to get these victories done to get to that moment yeah
1: I mean it's incredible right like and you know there there were a couple of supporters who left before then because of disappointment, but i would say that 95 percent of the people stayed and i mean like i'm kind of a lot of lost for words because um i i knew that people were going right and th- there's a reason i wanted to watch the game in the stands instead of the press box and that was just to see what the atmosphere was like and it was truly incredible and the fact that like um, and then you, you said 800, right? And I, you know, I don't know the exact figures, but it's a Wednesday night, right? A Wednesday night for a competition that is, you know, somewhat obscure still, even though it shouldn't be because it's a great competition. And you had 800 or so people showing up in Orlando. And by the way, you can't get a direct flight from Sacramento to Orlando, <laughs> so um, it just it just shows, I guess I, I would say the the quality of support that this that is there in the Sacramento soccer community, there the people are incredibly passionate, and you know they thought they would get to MLS at one point, and maybe that'll happen, and maybe it won't. But regardless of what happens, there there's clearly a lot of support for um, soccer in Sacramento, and a lot of the, to me that like one of the reasons why they signed you know with Sacramento in the USL was because it has one of the best fan bases so I mean what, what I found out when I went on the trip was that Orlando is a great soccer city and you could see soccer everywhere around there right like the, they had signs for the game or posters for the game up on the streets there were Orlando City flags everywhere downtown but what I already knew is that Sacramento is a great soccer city and they again proved it um, this past Wednesday
0: Um, you know As we move forward, uh, you know, into discussion, obviously, and, you know, there's still playoffs in the USL Championship to worry about with Sacramento. But, you know, for next year, I mean, are we expecting Sacramento to keep all these players around? Will there be a big purge in the roster? Do you know, uh, like, whose contracts are up? And do you think Mark Briggs will continue on to be manager of Sacramento, do you, is there any idea of another USL team that, well, we don't know what's going to happen, obviously, before we get to the offseason, but do you think now he's a hot commodity to be picked up or even to remain in Sacramento as manager? Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: as far as the player contract, I couldn't tell you. I know that
0: um, since
1: MLS, um, you know, sort of, maybe isn't a thing right now that the club has sort of refocused their efforts towards being competitive in the USL and being competitive in the Open Cup. And so I I couldn't speak for any of the players, whether they're returning or not. Um, But I probably, based off of this run and their play, you know, maybe uh, earning opportunities elsewhere, maybe Mark Briggs as well. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, he has a pretty good track record, to be honest. Uh, uh, first with Real Monarchs and now with um, Back Republic, Public, even though last year was somewhat disappointing from a Republic standpoint. But, you know, it's hard to say. Um, and But I don't think anybody is going to, at the club, is necessarily going to stay in the way of anybody who wants to seek an opportunity at a higher level. I guess I would say that.
0: I also understand uh, Sacramento is going to actually build a downtown stadium uh, mm-hmm. and they're going to move out of Heart Health Park, which I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, it looks great. I mean, you know, that's where they got started, but to build a downtown stadium uh, for the club within, uh, I, we're in the train yards now, is that near the Amtrak <laughs> station or is that further away?
1: Wow. So rail yards the the place you're talking about is um what we call the largest uh, urban infill project in the entire united states basically the biggest hole in the middle of the downtown and it's an area that um is great location and needs to be redeveloped there are of course a lot of um issues uh that they still need to work uh, through but it yes the team originally tried to build an mls stadium down there once that sort of fell through given the mls bid they still decided to go ahead with um, announcing plans for a new stadium. And, you know, Heart Health Park, like you said, started, but, and it was one of the literally landmark lower division stadiums to open because no one had really done that, anything like that before. But since with other soccer-specific stadiums, like particularly the one in Louisville, um, it's kind of essentially become outdated and they don't necessarily have a good deal there with the landowners and the concession people. And I think they just want a home of their own. And so the idea is um, let's make this place and let's make it expandable just in case MLS does happen and we'll go from there. So um, it would be a great location. And honestly, it's in an area in Sacramento that desperately needs revitalization. So um, we'll see how it goes.
0: We'll see how it goes. I got to tell you, um, I really thought Sacramento was going to nick a goal here or two. I really thought that they were going to find a way to really put not just the pressure on Orlando, but, you know, look, there, there there's always that side of me that wants to see – the lower level side, if they do get to the final, see if they can find a way to sneak in a goal and, and hold on for dear life to see if they can try and uh, boss around for that victory. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. So I guess my final question to you is this. Are you expecting another big run for the Open Cup in 2023?
1: Well, I know the club is going to prioritize it, right? But this is something they talked about. Uh, being very strategic with the way they plan their schedule, the way they sign their players. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the cup, right? I mean, anything, anything can happen and it's, you know, there's so many different variables um, that can come into play. So I, I mean, we could see another USL team in the final next year or we could see another USL team not make the final for 30 years, right? Like, it's yeah. so unpredictable and the odds are so stacked against the lower division clubs that you never know. And that's why you need to appreciate, well, not you, but like the general soccer, soccer society needs to appreciate the fact that this happened because it's incredible. Incredible storyline. It didn't end up the way that people in Sacramento wanted, but it's still something to celebrate. And we'll see. I hope I, hope I see somebody do this again in my lifetime, but you never know. It might not happen.
0: Well, let's hope that Sacramento does go on another run, and we'll see where that's going to lead us. But listen, Evan, thank you again for your time. I really do appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the Sacramento Republic season, and I hope to have you back on again soon. Anytime, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Have a good night. You too. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Evan Ream covering Sacramento Republic. Over there in the capital city of California. Big run by them. Unfortunately, it fell short. 3-0 victory uh, by the now 2022 U.S. Open Cup champions, Orlando City. Couldn't come on live with me tonight, but I have him on a recorded interview. He covers Orlando City for the Orlando Sentinel. And this is a recorded interview with Mr. Austin David. And here it is right now. Welcome back to the American Soccer Show here on the U.S. Open Cup Final Review as Orlando City defeats Sacramento Republic by a final of three goals. You Neil, know, to join me to talk about the Orlando side of things, it is Mr. Austin David of the Orlando Sentinel who covers Orlando City for that publication. Austin, welcome back to the show, and i got to tell you, that was an amazing evening of Open Cup Soccer for orlando city and it was a great event all the way around
2: it really was uh it was there was a lot of uh, questions going into the match in terms of how the game would play out if the game would be delayed because it is florida and it rains tons and tons of times during the afternoons and evenings uh and it did rain during the game but not to the point where it, it had to be delayed and then also how would sacramento play how would orlando play and Well, it it made for a very uh, uneventful first half and a very eventful second half. So I think, um, you know, depending on who you were rooting for, it was a very funny thing.
0: It really was. And I got to say, I mean, both sides were on point, you know, bringing up the ball, attacking. As you said, I mean, not a lot of goals that are, you know, that happened in the first half. But still, though, I thought both sides moved the ball well both sides had great attacking runs they just couldn't find a way to de- to develop a goal in the opening 45
2: yeah it it uh, sacramento's game plan was solid um it it wasn't really uh quote unquote you know the best soccer you could play or anything like that but it was a solid game plan knowing what they were coming up against and knowing you know what what the stakes of the game were they they had a, a very solid defensive shape. They had a game plan where any time the ball came to any of Orlando's playmakers, they would make sure the ball left Orlando's playmakers, and they'd have to play it back. They'd, it, it was just a really solid game plan, and it really frustrated Orlando to the point where they really didn't like have any, any clear-cut goal-scoring chances in that first half. There was one that was a lofted ball from a, a set piece, at uh, Mr. Chankara's head, but that's really the only half chance that I could think of from that first half. And heck, uh, Sacramento probably had better chances coming off the counter. And Again, they had Malik Foster straight up top, very quick, very pacey. He was one of their leading goal scorers on the season, and he created a lot of havoc for the center backs. I mean, there, there was a moment where he could have given Sacramento the lead off a, a broken play, and the whole complexity of the game would have changed. And the the old saying goes, goals change games. And in the second half, it very much did for Orlando.
0: What changes did you see in the second half that uh, Oscar Pereja pulled uh, for Orlando to prevent uh, Sacramento from getting any goals in that second half, besides the substitutions that came in a little bit later? But, you know, was it shape? Was it tactics? Uh, you know, was there a formation change? What did you think uh, Pareja did to change up the fortunes for Orlando before substitutions came in?
2: Honestly, there wasn't much he changed from first to second half in terms of tactics. It was the straight up substitution of Urchon Cara for Benji Michel. They're just very two different style of play kind of strikers. Where Urchon is a a big bodied, six foot three striker that, that he'll you know, get in the air and try and get some balls, but he's not somebody that's necessarily the best with his feet, not the quickest in terms of pressuring the back line, and Benji Michel is. He's, he's quick, he's pacey, he's, he's active in pressing the back line, and that, to be completely honest, he was the, one of the big reasons that Orlando City uh, won the game in general, because he had contributions to all three goals. In the, in the first goal, he and Yvonne Angulo were pressuring the back line forced a turnover, and he had the assist to Facundo Torres, who had a a great strike, but because of his pressure and and Angulo's pressure, it it forced that turnover that turned into the the goal that eventually changed the entire game for Orlando. And He also drew the penalty for the second goal that Torres scored, and then he scored one himself uh, to to finish off the game. To have the the Orlando kid, the, the kid that grew up going to USL games, score the clinching goal to be able to celebrate with all the fans and kind of bask in the moment. You just can't really ask for more than that.
0: No, you really can't. But I want to go back to that first goal because I thought Facundo Torres, um, while there was a bit of a scramble by Orlando to retrieve that ball towards the end line along the far side, I thought Facundo Torres put himself in great position to get into that spot to receive the ball and then just a quick little half volley to beat the keeper to make it one nil, and uh, it was just wonderful to see him preparing himself to be prepared for that pass when he received the ball, and then he just put it into the net like no one expected him to do so.
2: Yeah, and again, Torres, you know, he he's got quality, and there, there there's a reason that Orlando City paid nine million dollars for him. Um, but the, the the ball that set up Torres for that. Eventual goal was just very simple um and Benji didn't really do too much to to muck it up. he just kind of he softly rolled it to torres on on the uh, on the run and he caught it very clean um, but I've seen it in practice I've seen it in games before Torres is going to be a very very good player and this this is only his first year in the league, and I think he's he's got across all competitions ten goals and eleven assists. And for a, a young player who there were a, you know, European teams asking about him before he came to Orlando City, I think that within the next three years he'll probably be over there playing.
0: He probably will, but at least he'll have an Open Cup medal around his neck before he gets over there, exactly. so that's a good thing. You know, um, and then, of course, the big celebrations got underway. Uh, obviously, in Orlando, uh, once the final whistle blew, Uh, That had to be wonderful. We all know the the past problems this club has had, you know, with ownership, um, the amount of fans that were not coming. But to see a fully loaded Explora Stadium filled with Orlando City fans, uh, that had to be a wonderful sight for you and everyone in the local press corps to see uh, all those fans filling up Explora the way they did.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you. We, we've seen it go from twenty-five thousand five hundred and twenty-seven on a regular basis, you know, ten, eleven times during the course of uh, the twenty seventeen season when the, the stadium opened up. To this year, they've probably been averaging sixteen, seventeen thousand, which isn't you know, bad, but it's it's not what they were averaging a couple of years ago. You know, the, the team's form hasn't been great. It's been up and down. There's been coaching changes. They finally started getting things together, and it's been it's been great to see. You know, they did a lot of marketing for this game. Um, I think the last time I was on with you talking about the semifinals, I was saying how the, the U.S. Olympic Cup games haven't really drawn all that well in terms of attendance. So all it took was for them to have a chance to win a trophy to get everybody to show up. And, I mean, everybody was showing up at the game I saw. Former staff members, former players, uh, fans that were traveling from all over the world to come to the game. Everybody showed out because they knew what was at stake—the <laughs> first trophy for Orlando City in their MLS tenure—and
0: they finally got in the Open Cup. You know, um, they've they've had a lot of championships when they were in part of the US, so Obviously, regular season titles—they've won, I believe, two or three. USL championship trophies obviously and now they finally get an open cup. You know, to add on what they've done in USL and up till now. What does that mean to you to see what soccer has done uh in the downtown Orlando area and of course the neighboring towns surrounding Orlando? It's it's been really
2: unique and you know, Orlando has a rich soccer history. <laughs> and by that, I mean, you know, 80s and 90s. That's pretty much when the, the soccer in this city really was noted. Um, they had an old team back in the 80s called the Orlando Lions. And a lot of the players from that era, they either went on to go coaching youth soccer. Some of them still do coach youth soccer. Some of them are a part of the community in other ways, but they all kind of relate to soccer. And you know, I know a lot of those guys from from past experiences, or just um, meeting them through through soccer. Um, and every time I talk to them, it's like, God, this this tea, this city has has changed so much since we were playing. And you know, at, at that time, it was like the USISL and the uh, the ASL, you know, the, the old leagues back in the day. And now, with MLS being in Orlando, and really the entire community getting behind it over the last. 12 years since the team was founded. It's it's really hit the stride that I think Phil and Kay Rollins wanted it to hit when they first founded the club all the way back in the day.
0: You know, Orlando, I mean, they're mostly known for the Orlando magic of the NBA. They've only been to the NBA championship finals once in their lifetime back in right. 1995, I believe, maybe a little later than that. Um, when they, the, also, they also
2: had in, in 2009, they went to the NBA finals against yep, the Lakers.
0: Yep, exactly, and uh, of course we can't forget uh, international hockey league when the Orlando Solar Bears won the Turner Cup finally after how many times they've tried to get it in minor league hockey. Now of course they brought the team back for the ECHL league, which is a double A league. But you know, the truth is, Orlando City, you know, they have basically won the most trophies uh, you know, in professional sports in the city of Orlando. And what does that mean to you when you cover Orlando and when you enjoy this sport that you cover, that you've that you've watched, that you've attended games at, and now do it for a living. What what does that mean to you personally?
2: Boy, it's a tough question. It it's 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 interesting because, like, I started going to Orlando City games back in 2011 when they were in USL. So I've been around the team since the very beginning in various different roles or aspects. Um, and so I've seen everything that's gone on with this club from behind the scenes to to the way they present themselves to the community and how they, were, they kind of take them in and, and handle themselves in the greater Orlando area. So... It, it's been it's been a lot of ups and downs, but I think the the current ownership and I've talked to Mark Wolf uh, a number of times about his kind of vision for this club. Matter of fact, I talked to him uh, yesterday about it. He he wants to he sees the value in soccer in Orlando. He sees the value in Orlando as a sports town, and I think that the the reason he invested in Orlando City is because he knows that this is this is something he can build upon and i I kind of see the same way where it's like you know they've done so much in Orlando over the last twelve years to bring Orlando City to where it is right now, but there's still so much more they can do you know there's there's still a lot with their academies or reaching out to some of the outlying areas that aren't necessarily in Orlando like the, the Space coast or Daytona beach or any of those kind of things, and they've started progressively doing that. And so they've seen what has worked in the past. They've taken it into account, and they've kind of set up a model going forward. And I think that they're, they're in a good spot now where they can build off of it. They've got a trophy finally. The hope is that that can translate into more people showing up and more people kind of investing themselves into the club not just financially of course but in terms of garnering more fans because you've seen how it's been with other expansion teams that have come over since Orlando City and it feels like they've had a lot more success at creating a stable uh, fan environment I mean heck, even FC Cincinnati you know they still have a very good attendance number even though historically prior to this year they've been very bad so I think that Orlando has a a model for what they want to do, and now that they've won a trophy, they can kind of start building back up to where they want to be.
0: Austin David from the Orlando Sentinel on Orlando City's victory in the 2022 U.S. Open Cup. Austin, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, Good luck with the rest of the season, and hope to talk to you again soon. All
2: right. Thank you very much.
0: Once again, it's Austin David from the Orlando Sentinel, beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel, as we now officially cap this Open Cup edition, closed and in the books. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a successful U.S. Open Cup tournament. And as we get ready, we get ready... For next weekend, qualification matches for the 2023 U.S. Open Cup for these amateur sides throughout the entire nation. It's going to be huge. It's going to be on the weekend of September 17th and the 18th for the opening round. Games will be on the east side and the west side of the nation, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. And on Monday, we're going to have ourselves a hell of a show, as I will have on my guests that will be joining me, either live or recorded to talk about their clubs getting involved in Open Cup qualifying. Also, also, a brand new tech company in the game. You can find them on Twitter, New Logical Tech, based out of Yonkers, New York. That company will officially be broadcasting audio and or visual Open Cup qualifiers for some of the low clubs within the New York City area and probably other parts as well. So, at least you'll be able to watch and see some of these Open Cup qualifiers in the opening round of the U.S. Open Cup. This, my friends, is something that should be cherished and something that we should be celebrating, that some of these Open Cup qualifiers will be available for viewing. There will probably be other streaming services as well. They're probably going to be out there too, so hopefully we can get those links out there for you, and we're going to talk to Mr. Pat Murphy, who is going to be on the show on Monday, right at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock Eastern, five o'clock. his attempts at streaming matches in the Open Cup qualifying of the first round. This is going to be exciting. This is going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait for it. I know you cannot wait for it. This is going to be excellent. Real quickly, here are those matches on Saturday, September 17th. On the east, Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals host Westchester United, Florida Soccer Soldiers hosting City Soccer FC, Club De Leon hosting Deportivo Lake Mary, FC, Juventus Academy hosting Doral SC, Green, excuse me, Germantown City FC hosting Agen Hawks, Kensington Soccer Club hosting United German Hungarians, SC Vistula Garfield, New Jersey, hosting the New York Panciprian Freedoms. Nova Northern Virginia FC hosting Steel Pulse FC. Lansdowne Yonkers hosting Manhattan Kickers. Ruggle, Ruggles Pro FC hosting Boston Street FC. The Rangong Erzgebirge hosting Philadelphia Lone Star. Oyster Bay Unite out of Long Island hosting New Jersey Alliance FC. Lancaster City FC hosting Lancaster Elite. Team Tevez hosting DC FC. Clearwater Chargers hosting Florida Premier FC. Miami United hosting Florida Brothers. Real Central New Jersey Soccer hosting Jackson Lions FC. Scots American Athletic Club hosting Queensboro FC2. Miami Soccer Academy hosting O'Shea's FC. New York Greek Americans hosting Newtown Pride. International Soccer Association hosting West Palm Beach CF, that's the East. In the West, also on the weekends of Saturday, September 17th and 18th on the Sunday. Houston FC hosting Galveston Pelicans. FC Fort Worth hosting Defeaters Kicks. LA Monsters hosting Irvine FC. Rebel Soccer Club hosting Escondido FC. FC Denver hosting Harpo's FC. FC Arizona hosting Valley FC Freighters. Laguna United FC hosting Olympiacos FC. UC Davis hosting soccer club. Excuse me, UC Davis soccer club hosting Davis Legacy. Athletic Club of Sloan's Lake hosting Peak 11 Football Club. Colorado Rovers hosting Azteca FC. Inter San Francisco hosting Marin County United FC. Outbreak FC hosting AS Los Angeles, OC Kings FC hosting Capo FC and Trojans FC hosting Orange County FC. This is going to be exciting. This will be a lot of fun. This is next week on next weekend, Saturday September 17th and Sunday sub, Sunday September 18th. Be ready, have your eyes glued and then when we get to the second round of qualifying in October, Expect those clubs that have been given a bye for the opening round to join in in the second round. And maybe we'll do uh, in October an open cup qualification preview show as well to get those clubs' opinions involved too. So get ready for some fun. Get ready for some excitement. This is going to be exciting and we will have some fun. I want to thank my guests tonight, Evan Rehm covering Sacramento Republic and Austin David, beat writer for Orlando City for the Orlando Sentinel. My name is Daniel Foyerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Congratulations once again to the 2022 U.S. Open Cup champions, Orlando City. They are now officially the national champion of American soccer. Talk to you guys on Monday. Take care so long and bye-bye for now. And as always, please. Enjoy your football. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.